broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. It gets no better than hearing those words right there. It is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Glad to be with you for the next few hours here in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. My man Damon Cotton, he's on his vacation. Well-deserved vacation. Clay Baker, the morning tailgate, they had a vacation earlier today as well. They'll be back in studio tomorrow. It'll be Clay, Heidi, and Vinny all back together. Of course, JT the Brick and uh, myself, but we do have Lindsey Brown behind the wheels of steel. She's holding it down. We definitely appreciate her and her efforts that she'll give all afternoon long. She does a fantastic job here, so we definitely appreciate her, and we appreciate you, Raider Nation, and uh, the opportunity that you give us each and every day to talk with you about the silver and black, of course, NFL and everything sports-related, and of course, we'll have uh, uh, plenty of thoughts from you uh, this afternoon at 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. We're going to come in fast and furious today. Very excited about the show that we have lined up. And, of course, we found out a lot of news and notes when it came to the silver and black, and we'll get into them. Brian Hoyer has now been signed as the backup quarterback to Jimmy G. I think that that's a good thing, not because Brian Hoyer is some uh, world beater when it comes to a quarterback, but he's just another guy that knows the system that can step in just in case something happens to Jimmy G. And that's something I've been concerned about. Ever since Jimmy G's been signed, I thought, okay, so who's going to be the backup quarterback? You lost your guy in Jared Stidham to the Denver Broncos. Well, kind of thought the inevitable that Brian Hoyer, a guy that knows what Josh McDaniels wants, has worked with him for a very long time, would end up being the guy they signed him to a two-year deal. So, so be it. I'm with it. I know that a lot of Raider fans are upset because he has the Patriot ties, but again, I'd rather have a bunch of guys coming to the team that know what they're doing than a bunch of guys that are trying to figure it out on the fly. So that's that's where I'll leave that. Damian, Danny Amendola, we also find out that uh, he's going to be an assistant returners coach uh, on the coaching staff, and you know, same thing. A guy that knows what he's, he was really good at returning, and I mean, he was a really good receiver in the league anyway, but he was a really good punt returner. And of course, the Raiders have added a lot of different guys for the special teams unit so far in free agency. So he's just going to go and help uh, add a little bit of his expertise to the mix. So no harm, no foul. couple additions added to the Raiders, uh, not only roster, but their coaching staff that we found out about earlier today. But there's a lot going on. So excited about it. Excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show today. As a matter of fact, about... I don't know, maybe 210, 212. Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Arizona Cardinals. He'll join the show, uh, kicking off our opening drive. And the reason why I wanted to have him on the show was to talk about that number three spot. And now the Cardinals, as we found out a little earlier today, they've got a lot going on. Former, uh, former executives are accusing the team of all kinds of things, but Alex has a very limited amount of time today. So I'm really just going to deep dive into that number three spot that they have. We know that the number one spot is Carolina. We know the number two spot is the Houston Texans. Right there at Cardinals is number three, and that's where the first real big trade could possibly come. There's been rumors about the Titans at number 11. The Raiders are at number seven. They want to trade up to number three. Again, those are just reports. And all month long until the draft actually kicks off on April 27th in Kansas City, we're going to hear all kind of reports. Some there's going to have legs to it. Some are just going to be reports just to be thrown out there. So uh, what we try to do around here is get to the bottom of it, see what's true, what's not true, and what it would take. Right. So just for S's and giggles, if the Raiders were trying to move up from seven to three, you know, what does Alex think it would take? Is he does he think that the Cardinals are very interested in 
edging out of that number three spot. So uh, in a matter of minutes, we'll we'll talk to Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Arizona Cardinals. He's my good friend. Uh, he does a great job covering the Cardinals like a glove. He'll join us to kick off the opening drive to talk about that number three overall spot. Then at 2.30, we'll go back-to-back when it comes to the NFL draft. Andrew Erickson, football analyst from Fantasy Pros, really good dude. Uh, he put out his latest mock draft. He has a couple trades in there involving the Arizona Cardinals and also who he has selected for the Raiders at number seven and who he has selected at number 11 for the Tennessee Titans, or maybe that's the team that traded up. So we'll just deep dive into a mock draft with Andrew Erickson and what his thoughts are and where he had Will Levitt's going. Uh, it's, it's funny. I've been noticing on a lot of different mock drafts and a lot of different uh, conversations that people have been having about the draft, the uh, guys that I really respect, it seems like Will Levis is l- l- losing a little bit of esteem. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if there's teams that are trying to, you know, throw a little smoke out there or, or make him drop a little bit so they can pick him up. I'm not too sure, but it seems like the Will Levis train is starting to slow down just a little bit. So we'll talk all things NFL draft with Andrew Erickson coming up at 2.30. Then at 3 o'clock every single Tuesday, we talk to John McClain from gallerysports.com at Sports Radio 610 in Houston. We'll just talk all things NFL, and I'll really deep dive into the Arizona Cardinals situation that they have going on because, man, uh, if, they find, if they find out that their owner, uh, Michael Bill Bidwell, is like guilty of some of the things that he's being accused of, including uh, giving Steve Keim, the the GM, uh, burner phones while he was suspended using burner phones with the head coach and and others to communicate with them. I mean, if those kind of things come out to be true and they find out throughout this investigation, I mean, that could be some big-time ramifications. So uh, something to pay attention to. So we'll talk all things NFL. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, what situation he thinks will get wrapped up sooner rather than later. Uh, Houston, are they interested in possibly trading for Mac Jones? That report's been out there as well that the Patriots aren't too happy with Mac Jones or they weren't too happy so they were shopping him so we'll talk all things NFL like we always do coming up at 3 o'clock with John McClain gallerysports.com and sports radio 610 and then at 3.30 as I mentioned the Patriots and are they talk, possibly talking about moving on from Mac Jones and trading trading him away and then Brian Hoyer being added to the Raiders roster and also uh, Danny Amendola being added to the Raiders coaching staff. We'll talk to Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots, talk all things uh, Patriots and those guys and what they mean to the silver and black. And I don't think that there's any – any chance that the Raiders would be looking at Mac Jones in a trade? I don't think that you go and make a move for Jimmy G just to trade for Mac Jones, right? I just I don't see that as realistic. But it's interesting that that report is out there right now, and apparently Bill Belichick, again, this is just according to reports, uh, was really angry at Mac Jones for reaching out to Alabama when they were going through their offensive struggles a year ago. And again, these are just reports. None of this has been backed up by 100%. Oh, that's a guarantee. Any of that good stuff. And, you know, we like to report facts. We don't like to speculate too much. But again, when it's out there, you know, we like to kind of get to the bottom of it. So Mike DeBate coming up at 3.30 will help us do that. Still have some sounds from Matt Miller and Jordan Reed uh, from ESPN as they had a nice little draft conference call. And it's funny, tomorrow, Todd McShay, he has his uh, draft conference call, so I'll definitely be on that as well and uh, break down that and see see what other elements and angles I can uh, approach with him when it comes to the Raiders and what he's got out on his latest mock draft. So uh, that's something to look forward to tomorrow. But today, uh, very excited about the guests we have. Alex Clancy, locked on Arizona Cardinals. Andrew Erickson, football analyst from Fantasy Pros. John McClain, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610, and Mike DeBate, host of Locked on Patriots. Plus, not only that, but... We're going to call the winner of our March Mania Bracket Challenge. We had over 200 and something entries we saw last night as uh, UConn cut down the nets for the fifth time in program history. And I've been saying it for the longest time that when UConn gets to the dance and they start dancing and they start winning a couple times, they got it in their DNA just to get it done. It was so funny. I was texting with my son over the weekend. I said, who you got? 
uh, in the, you know, winning the whole thing when the Final Four was still going on. He said, I got FAU. I said, I don't know, man. I got UConn. He said, nah, I think Miami's going to get UConn or, or was it my? Yeah, I guess it was Miami. Anyway, whoever it was, it doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah, it was because San Diego State ended up beating, uh, beating FAU. And I said, well, I don't know, man. When UConn gets into the dance, they just know how to get it done. It's something about their DNA. And he's like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think. I think uh, the, you know, the, the, the tide is going to change a little bit, and FAU is going to get it done. And then FAU lost to San Diego State, and he texts me back and goes, well, there goes my thoughts. <laughs> so I said, all right, so you ride with your pops on UConn? He said, yeah, I got your back on UConn. And as we saw last night, UConn really could have beat San Diego State by probably 30, but uh, they messed around and only won by 17. So uh, there you go, UConn again, the fifth-time champion. So we have a winner officially from our March Mania Bracket Challenge that we had over 200-something entries. They're going to win uh, over $2,500 thanks to the DLC, the Dollar Loan Center. Uh, they're also going to win a $500, uh, you know, the, just a, a voucher. And I mean, they're, they're getting all kind of hookup. And I actually have all the, the prizes that they'll be receiving. I have that over here. So when we give them a call, we'll do that. I think, uh, Lindsay, we'll do that call maybe... Yeah, maybe we'll do that in the third hour. Maybe we'll, we'll excellent we'll, choice, you know, fearless know, leader. I think that sounds good. You, you, you use that fearless leader term a little loosely. <laughs> you are fearless leader, though. <laughs> You're the one steering fearless. the ship here. Sometimes too fearless. <laughs> oh, I'd rather be behind a captain like that than somebody who's trying to shy away from a storm. That's for damn sure. There you go. There you go. Well, we'll deep dive into those waters, and we'll do that about four fifteen. We'll call our winner of the March Mania Bracket Challenge. So as you can tell, we've locked and loaded, got a lot to get to. Alex Clancy, Andrew Erickson, John McClain, and Mike DeBain. And before we get to Alex Clancy, uh, one of the questions that I asked Matt Miller when I was on that conference call on Friday, pre-draft conference call with ESPN, was about the show that Anthony Richardson had put on the day before. He had his pro day on Thursday, and so after he wowed everybody, I thought, man, that spot for the Cardinals is extra, extra hot now, and there's going to be multiple teams that are going to want to trade up for that. So that was the question that I posed to Matt Miller. Here was his thoughts. Yeah, uh, Q, good to talk to you, buddy. I will say, yeah, I mean, Anthony Richardson, not only has he made himself money, he is, he's definitely helped the Arizona Cardinals with the value of that pick, um, especially, you know, right now we have so much uncertainty at, at the quarterback position, like in Indianapolis. Do you really feel comfortable with QB4 potentially? Uh, so I think there's a lot of pressure on teams like that to slide up, you know, definitely – uh, the Raiders, uh, the Falcons, and Commanders can keep saying they're rolling with last year's rookies. We'll see if that actually happens or not. Um, but I, I do think Arizona is in a, a great spot to say either we're going to draft the best defender in this class, whomever they they think that is, or you know we could trade out a little bit. And you, in your perfect world, you just flip one spot and maybe pick up some extra draft capital, which they they really badly need there. Um, now, as to your point of does Anthony Richardson fit Josh McDaniels? I mean. I'll go back to the point that, and I'm not comparing these players, but Josh McDaniels is the one who drafted Tim Tebow. Like he saw the evolution of the game and said, hey, I, you know what? This guy can't be stopped because he's such a threat as a runner and a passer. Uh, I'm going to draft him. Now, Anthony Richardson is 4 million miles ahead of where Tim Tebow was as a passer coming out of college. Um, and we know like he needs, he needs some time. He even said that at the pro day. He needs some time to you know, work on some mechanical things. Um, we're playing behind Jimmy Garoppolo would definitely give you that advantage, but your scheme is going to adjust going from Jimmy G or, I mean, going from Derek Carter, Jimmy G to Anthony Richardson is a pretty big change, but I think there are some elements you could keep, but I mean, it's, it's just like when Kyle Shanahan drafted Trey Lance, we all geeked out about, you know, the things they can do in that offense. Now that they have somebody that can actually move around now, we haven't been able to see it, but I, I think it is proof that these guys that run some of conventional offenses can get excited as well by someone that brings an athletic element to the position like we've maybe never seen before. I mean, from a testing standpoint, we've never seen anyone 
uh, like Anthony Richardson. And I, I mean, I'm a believer that we've already seen a ton of development in his game from, you know, the end of the year at Florida to the senior, or excuse me, to the, the combine. And that is what we saw yesterday at the pro day. Um, it, it shows the work he's put in. And I love the fact that he's speaking to, Hey, I have work to do and I'm, I'm working on it and I'm excited to prove people, you know, prove to people that I can get this work done. So he has, aced this process every step of the way and, and to me there's there's no doubt that wherever he goes like he has the, the mental ability the athletic ability to to develop and you know fit into whatever system they need him to high praise right there from espn's matt miller talking all things anthony richardson and also talking about that number three spot that the arizona cardinals hold right now i want to throw the show question out there before we get to alex clancy host of locked on arizona cardinals as Lindsay's efforting him right now the tweet from roland dubs hit me up he said Q, we have to take a big risk or swing at a player like Richardson, Young, or Stroud. People forget we have Mahomes in our division. Trade up to three, take one of them. We'll still have plenty of draft capital to add to the defense. Having a top top five offense will help. So I ask you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200 and also our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Would you want the Raiders to trade up to number three with the Cardinals or stay right where they're at and let a really good player fall to them? At number seven. Again, that's the question at 69187, keyword RR, 702-365-9200. Don't call right now because we do have a guest coming up in the opening drive. The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And joining us to kick off the opening drive is my good friend. I like to call him my brother, man. Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Arizona Cardinals, does a fantastic job covering the Cardinals like a glove. And Alex, I'll tell you what, man, I think I've been in Phoenix between the Super Bowl and the and the owners' meetings. I think I've been in Phoenix. More than I really need to be, more than I've been here in Vegas. You know what? You just enjoy the weather, Q, because it's going to turn here real quick. Right. Well, I'll tell you, it's actually the weather in Phoenix was a lot nicer than it's been here in Las Vegas, and it's actually pretty cold in Vegas. It's supposed to heat up this uh, this upcoming weekend. But speaking of heating up, I mean, the NFL draft, right? It's right around the corner. It ends up in uh, Kansas City starting April 27th, and right now – all eyes are on the Cardinals in that number three overall pick. There's been reports that the Titans and the Raiders are both looking to trade up to number three. How likely do you think, as the host of Locked On Cardinals, do you think that it would be that the Cardinals will trade out of that number three spot? It depends on what their vision of the future is, Q. Like, I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the camp that they don't really deserve to draft Will Anderson at this point with how many needs they have with what Steve Kime has left this roster with. And if they have an opportunity to maximize maybe to the level of where, where Miami maximized when San Francisco traded up, you know, um, a couple of years ago for Trey Lance, I think that it would be doing this organization a disservice if they didn't trade back, but they're going to need at least one, you know, uh, team to tango here to move up to number three to really maximize the potential of that pick. Yeah, no doubt about it. Again, Alex Clancy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So when you look at that number three overall pick, and I feel like it's been kind of even more uh, looked at and, and, and thought about now that uh, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, had his pro day and uh, obviously shied out at the, shown out at the uh, Combine as well, do you think that he has done enough to get teams to want to go up to that number three spot to potentially grab him? He's played what twelve more games than Trey Lance did his last year in college. Right. I mean, I think it's really just—I think it's really just in the eye of the beholder. I mean, you know, 
you're you're you you are a perfect mix of like seeing the actual measurables and also seeing you know using your eyes to look on the field on the field definitely didn't look as great as what he showed as the best quarterback performance ever at the combine so i don't think it matters what is i think it matters what perceived to be and what the trajectory could be for a player for an organization in tennessee who's in the doldrums of quarterback hell and with the raiders it's like how do you hold things together after Derek Carr moves on? Like, do you want to take a chance on a guy like that? It it really depends on what the future vision of the ownership and GM ship of specific teams is. And if, I mean, his ceiling is, we may have never seen as high of a ceiling right. as Anthony Richardson, but actually reaching that potential, uh, obviously that's a different story. Right, exactly. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I see him and I think, man, I mean, if this dude pans out, he could be fantastic. But if he doesn't, if he bottoms out, then all of a sudden you're in trouble. So you mentioned kind of the haul that, uh, you know, the 49ers had to trade to, to go ahead and get trade Lance. So what do you think that the Cardinals like realistically should be asking for uh, for that number three overall pick? Well, so if it's Indy, it moving up one spot, which I don't think it will be at this point. I mean, I think if the card, the thing is for the Cardinals is, Moving moving down to Indy, it doesn't really make sense because there's going to be more teams that are probably going to want to move up. So with that, if they move out of the Will Anderson race, it's got to be at least a one next year, probably a two, and a, a high day two pick in, uh, on uh, you know with this year. Right. I mean, you've got to be able to maximize. Now the Raiders may have to give up two first round picks to move up to three. I, I think that kind of might be a little bit more out of bounds than than a first and a second this year and a first and a second next year. But they need a future first to move down to seven. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Now, with Tennessee, ask for the kitchen sink and right. figure it out. <laughs> right. I you mean, know? they're sitting there, what, 11? I mean, they're, yeah. they're they're pretty far back. So let me ask you this, because his name has popped up a few times. I'm not saying that he's on the trade block, but Hunter Renfro's name has been involved in many conversations over the last couple months. Would he be a piece, maybe, if the Raiders tried to trade with the Cardinals, that they would be interested in as well? I mean, it would definitely he would definitely raise the floor of the wide receiver room. I think the issue with that is that wide receiver to take up some sort of you know cap cap space where they the Cardinals are absolutely bottoming out. Right, and I feel like they almost rather hang on to DeAndre Hopkins than trade for Hunter Renfro. Now, if they were to swap both of them as part of a thing, because DeAndre Hopkins, from the Cardinals' perspective, DeAndre Hopkins now will have the most draft capital coming back if it's packaged in with the number three overall pick because they're much more willing other teams to give a second for DeAndre Hopkins to get the first overall to get the third overall pick instead of a third or a fourth that he may be going for now. But I don't necessarily see Hunter Renfro as a as a needle mover for a team that needs to see rock bottom and really just soak in that before being able to rebuild properly. Again, we're talking with Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Arizona Cardinals here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. You can find Alex on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. One of the things I've been saying, because Raider Nation all says, trade back, trade back, collect as many picks as possible. But Alex, the Raiders have so many holes, especially on defense. I was like, they have to draft a dude. They have to draft a couple dudes at some point, right? You can't just trade yourself out of a star. How far back do you think the Cardinals should be willing to trade and still kind of have your eyes on someone that could be a, a difference maker? Or, or does it not matter because there's so many holes that the team has to fill really happy you at i'm gonna look like a genius right now q i really you know i love coming on the show because you asked me the right question <laughs> no so i i actually just recorded a podcast where i talked about this where if it's seven it may as well be 20 if it's not will anderson the cardinals have so many holes and this this is my ideal scenario cardinals trade back to 11 with tennessee get two future first tennessee gets who they want 
Jerry Jones is, says, you know what? I only have to move up 15 spots to draft Bijan Robinson. I'll give a future first and two future seconds for that. Mm. And Dallas moves up to 11. Cardinals move back to 26. Draft an edge rusher. Draft a you know wide receiver at that point. It doesn't really matter because they'll have so much draft capital for 2024, which means they have more lines in the water for the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, right. which is going to blow everything out of the water. So I think if the Cardinals move out of the Will Anderson, you know, arena, it doesn't matter how far they trade back. Okay. They may as well move back as much as possible. That makes a lot of sense. And before I let you go, how about Jalen Carter? We're talking about Will Anderson. Is Jalen Carter a guy that the Cardinals would have any interest in? You know, if you would have asked me last year, if this draft was last year and it was the same exact scenario, I was in the camp that because the Cardinals, you know, they were in the, you know, the Steve Kime arena. They were in the Cliff Kingsbury thing. They couldn't really afford to look outside with character issues and things like that. They just had to draft dudes. Now with a complete tabula rasa clean slate, I think even though Jalen Carter, you know, not a whole lot has happened since, you know, he was charged with the misdemeanors. And this is a far cry from the Laramie Tunsil 15 minutes before the draft. That video came out. So it's going to placate a lot of the, the naysayers when the draft comes up in a couple of weeks. I just think if the Cardinals are going to trade back, they're just going to have to deal with whoever is there at that point, whether it be Tyree Wilson. I'm assuming that Jalen Carter won't go past Seattle at five if Will Anderson goes before him. So should it be? Yeah. I mean, I've talked to a couple people, a a couple draft dudes from from the Locked On Podcast Network who said Jalen Carter could potentially be a better prospect than Will Anderson. I just think that with how fragile the ecosystem is for the Cardinals right now, Staying away, unfortunately, might just be some medicine they have to take. No, I understand. I think a lot of teams have to make a decision on on uh, Jalen Carter, who very well could be the very best player in this upcoming draft. What do you got coming out on Locked On Arizona Cardinals that uh, we should be on the lookout for, maybe get a little insight to what's going on with the team that's holding the number three overall pick? When there are plenty of outlets out there that will just regurgitate what other people say and say, you know, the Cardinals drafted three, it's what they have to do. I challenge you to think outside the box. Use your brain to actually see what what's potential because listen i was the home of saying that cliff kingsbury wasn't the guy <laughs> 1200 to 1500 days ago yep you and i have talked off the record multiple times about this and steve kind listen if you want the truth you come to lockdown cardinals baby there it is well alex keep up the great work man i definitely appreciate you getting a few minutes uh, of your time this afternoon keep up the great work and we'll talk soon all right buddy thank you Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Arizona Cardinals, again on Twitter, at Clancy's Corner, and uh, doesn't mind bragging about himself and uh, him calling that Cliff Kingsbury. He did, though. I'm not going to lie. He called that from just about the minute that he got hired. Like, ah, Cliff is not the guy. And since I knew Cliff from uh, when he was at Texas Tech and I saw how well he coached up Patrick Mahomes, not winning very many games with one Patrick Mahomes, I kind of had the same idea that he wasn't the guy. But there's his thoughts on potentially trading. And he said, hey, if you trade back to seven, you might as well trade back to 20 because the Cardinals have that many holes. So the question that I threw out there, again, this is coming from the tweet from Roland Dubs. That's roll underscore N underscore Dubs. Uh, he said, Q, we have to take a big risk or swing at a player like Richardson, Young, or Stroud. People forget we have Mahomes in our division. Trade up to three and take one of them. We'll still have plenty of draft capital to add to the defense, having a top five offense will help. So the question I threw out there, do you want the Raiders to trade up to number three with the Cardinals or stay right where they're at and let a really good player fall to them at seven? Got this text from uh, Devin from San Diego. He said, I'm not against it. I would do it for Young or Stroud, but Richardson still scares me as a prospect. What says you? Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. How about ABA Ivan Davis? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? 
Hey, thanks for taking my call, Q. Yes, sir. Um, this one is interesting <laughs> uh, because if this coach is a guru uh, as far as quarterback coaches, then I got no issue going up there if it's the right thing. But the difference would be, are we in the Caleb sweepstakes or not? Right. Because that's going to be, that's gonna be a, a, an absolute slobber knocker war. I mean, I don't know if people are going to just, like, sabotage their season or what. I think I only really get that pick is to be the number one pick. Right. And, and it'd be almost untradeable. <laughs> but uh, it, it just depends. But otherwise, I mean, if you're a quarterback, then go up there and take it. Right. But the problem is going to be the capital that you give up. And if it's too much capital, I would give no, no more than a first-round pick for next for next year. That, that means I'm out of the Caleb race. Okay. okay. And then, and then you go develop them. If not, you stay right where you are because while everybody else is slug festival of quarterbacks, there's going to be so much talent, not just seven, all the way down into the second round. That's going to have a domino effect that the Raiders can take advantage of. All and right. that, that's pretty much all I have. I'm going to be in Vegas in June. Where can I go uh, where Raider Nation is hanging out at? Uh, well, in June, I'll know by then. <laughs> I mean, I will. I don't know right now, brother, but hit us up on your way, and I'll, I'll let you know for sure. We'll find a way to meet up and hang out somewhere. We'll be doing a show. Maybe we'll be live at Sahara at the uh, the pool that they have there now. It's an awesome location, so I'll let you know. I appreciate that. Go Raiders. Uh, there you go. ABA Ivan Davis, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. I'll just throw this out there, a little nugget. The number three overall pick, according to, like, the draft trade value chart is worth 2200 points the number seven overall pick is worth 1500 the other team that's involved in this conversation is the tennessee titans there at 11 which is worth 1250 points so you've got to make that up and they usually say it's about 120 percent of the value is what you have to give up to go and get that spot so the raiders moving up from seven to three would be a hefty little haul but Again, I mean, the, the seeing the, the Panthers move up from 9 to 1, it wasn't as much as I thought that they were going to give up. So uh, there's that. You can also uh, chime in again, 69187, keyword R&R, like Jordan in Utah County said, the signing of Hoyer and having a practice squad guy in Garbers makes me think the Raiders are not trying to draft a quarterback to develop this year. Not saying Garbers or Hoyer isn't a cut-worthy player, but I think it makes more sense with the current quarterback room to stay put at 7 and draft a stud on defense. as Jordan in Utah County, and I'll say this real quick. Um, it's, it's possible. Like you said, Chase Garbers is a practice squad guy probably at best right now. So he could always sit there on the practice squad and you could have Jimmy G, Brian Hoyer, and say Anthony Richardson sitting there and he doesn't have to really play. Maybe you put him in for a couple packages or maybe you have Anthony Richardson as the backup quarterback because you want to put him in for some packages and then have Brian Hoyer as the third quarterback that might not even dress. And he might only actually dress if Jimmy G is injured. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do. You can never have too much talent. I put it like that. And then going back to ABA Ivan Davis's call when he said about, are you in the Caleb uh, Williams sweepstakes? The one thing you can't do is bank on being in a position next year, right? I mean, you haven't even played this year. So you cannot say, well, maybe the team will be in position next year to go get the number one overall pick. You, you literally can't do that, right? And, and I don't think that this team is just going to go out there and uh, attempt to go 0-17. I don't believe any players ever do that. Now, as front offices and teams, they might put them in position where they're not the best position, but I don't think players are going to go out there with that attempt. For a guy that looks great right now in college, but doesn't mean just because we're talking about Caleb Williams like he's the guy or Drake May, doesn't mean that they're going to be the next Andrew Luck or the next Trevor Lawrence or the next, you know, insert uh, hotshot quarterback, right? I mean, 
there's no telling. So it's always going to be a crapshoot. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Do you want the Raiders to trade up to the number three spot with the Cardinals or stay right where they're at and let a really good player fall to them at number seven? Because I'll tell you this, a really good player will fall to them at number seven. Coming up next, Andrew Erickson, football analyst from Fantasy Pros. He'll join the show to talk about his latest mock draft that includes a trade in the top ten. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 2.32 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. The question that I threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Do you want the Raiders to trade up to the number three spot with the Cardinals or stay right where they're at and let a really good player fall to them at number seven? Joining us now on the phone line is a man that put out his latest mock draft, and he actually has the Arizona Cardinals making a trade at number three, but not necessarily with the Raiders. That's Andrew Erickson, football analyst from Fantasy Pros. And, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. I definitely do appreciate you. And I wanted to ask – well, I asked the question because Anthony Richardson feels like, to me, he's created so much buzz that teams are interested in that number three spot with the Cardinals more than ever. Would you say that that's a fair assessment, that there's a lot more interest now based off of the pro day and the combine from Anthony Richardson? Yeah, I think so. I think that you can just kind of tell from – the way that the betting markets are moving, you know, you look at who's the favorite to be the number three pick, it's, it's Anthony Richardson. And and currently, the Arizona Cardinals still hold that pick. So we don't anticipate the Cardinals selecting a quarterback or Anthony Richardson as long as they have Kyler Murray on the team. So we're just trying to, like, read the tea leaves here and project, okay, someone's going to trade up. And you're looking at the contending teams to trade up. I see a connection between the Tennessee Titans and the Arizona Cardinals. You're just looking at – the general manager that the Cardinals now have was obviously with the Tennessee Titans the last three years. And that's really what a lot of trades, that's kind of how these happen is that people know each other. People are comfortable making moves and doing business with people that they're familiar with. So ultimately I do think it would be the Titans. Uh, but obviously, as we were going to talk about, you know, the Raiders are definitely in play there as well to move up. Yeah, and you do have the Tennessee Titans moving up from the number 11 spot to the number three spot. And uh, I was looking at the trade value in the for the for the picks, and number three is worth 2,200 points. At least it was at one point on the on that chart. Uh, the Raiders at number seven, they're worth 1,500 points, and 11 is 1,250. So, what do you think would be reasonable compensation for the Titans or the Raiders to trade up to that number three spot? Yeah, so obviously you'd be swapping the first-round pick so the, the Cardinals would get back the 11th pick. I think that you're looking at some – I don't think that would possibly cost them another first-round pick next year. I think it would probably be, you know, one of the Raiders' second- or third-round picks this year. The Raiders actually have a couple late-round picks as well, so I think that those could get thrown in – or excuse me, the uh, the Arizona Car- – uh, the Titans have a couple late-round picks that they could use to move up with the Arizona Cardinals. And I also think that – I actually mentioned this in the mock draft – that. I think Malik Willis would actually probably get moved in this trade too. Mm. And he has some value to him. You know, he was a third round pick last year. Obviously didn't look great in his limited action as a Tennessee Titan, but look at the Cardinals. They they don't have any other quarterbacks that are healthy. They have David Blau as their, you know, currently signed starting quarterback right now in week one because Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray are both hurt. So I think it makes a lot of sense from a team that's looking to rebuild, not looking to win right now 
take a flyer on Malik Willis, who offers a similar skill set in terms of mobility as a guy like Kyler Murray, and let's say he shows out while Kyler Murray, at least from a rushing perspective, he flashes a little bit. Okay, now you have a trade asset that you can move, or at least a backup quarterback that can do some of the things that Kyler Murray can do with his legs. Again, we're talking with Andrew Erickson, football analyst from Fantasy Pros here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So I guess the big question, the big elephant in the room is about Anthony Richardson and who is he going to be? We know he's got the athletic traits. We saw him at the combine. We saw him at his pro day. Strong arm, big dude. He's fantastic and all that. But can he play quarterback in the National Football League? What are your projections when you see that young man who's only got 13 college games under his belt? Yeah, I, I really, if I'm being totally honest, I really wish that he had actually gone back to school. Uh, I think that he really needs another year under his belt to really hone in his skills because he's coming in like, yes, they're obviously, he's not as raw as like a Malik Willis was last year, so he'll get comp to that. But I think that he still could have used a little bit more seasoning, just more reps. Like, mm-hmm. Look at a guy like Trey Lance. Like, Trey Lance just hasn't played enough football. We don't even know if Trey Lance is – I can't say if Trey Lance is a good or bad at football because I just haven't seen the guy play enough. Like, that's simply the case. And not necessarily with Richardson, it's not as bad. But, like you said, like, not a lot of starts under his belt. I really think that he needs to just get more repetitions. I would prefer that he would go to a team that has someone that is the starting quarterback already entrenched so he doesn't have to be thrown into the fire Right away, I really think with Richardson, a lot of these boom or bust type of prospects, they are really much more landing dependent. Whereas a C.J. Stroud type of player who has a super high floor, I think he'll probably be fine kind of regardless of wherever he ends up going. Obviously, better situation would, would increase his ceiling, but I don't think he's going to totally flame out, kind of like what we saw with Trevor Lawrence. Like Even though Trevor Lawrence was in a bad situation, we saw when the situation changed a little bit, he had such a high floor that he was going to be able to make it work. So Richardson doesn't have that luxury. I don't think he does. He really needs to land in a spot with a team that has a plan set for him and someone that can really develop a actual quarterback. So I think it's very landing dependent with Richardson. Again, we're talking with Andrew Erickson. He's put out his 2023 NFL mock draft on fantasypros.com. You can go ahead and check that out. And uh, number seven overall for the Raiders, you had them going with Christian Gonzalez, the young man out of Oregon, the defensive back. And then Witherspoon, Devin Witherspoon, went number six to Detroit. And I think that Raider Nation's kind of split on what corner they prefer. How much difference is it between Witherspoon and Gonzalez as far as what separation, uh, the quality of, of cornerback you're getting in those guys? I think Gonzalez is definitely more of, he has more of the athleticism, more of the the freakiness, I I think is kind of what you're looking for. I think that he's a little bit more versatile than Devin Witherspoon. I think Witherspoon, it's like, hey, like he's a man-to-man corner. You're going to play him on the outside. He's going to try to take on the one number one cornerback or one number one wide receiver. Whereas Gonzalez is definitely more versatile. Play him in the slot, play him outside. He's going to make plays on the ball. And I mean, that's really what the Raiders need. Mm -hmm. Like they need playmakers. And I just can't think a lot of looking back at some of these defensive backs that they've swung and missed on. Like, oh. they need a playmaker in the secondary. Like, that's simply put. Like, if it wasn't for Jacoby Myers throwing that ball back to Chandler Jones last year, like, how many plays is this team actually going to make on the defensive side of the ball that are going to be explosive, that are going to put their offense in a good situation to actually put up points? Like, the offense can only do so much with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Let's get some turnovers. And you look at a guy like Christian Gonzalez, 
he can deliver in that aspect. Yeah, I, I sing that that same message to Raider Nation each and every day about playmakers. you got to get guys that could get their hands on the ball and that are used to it. You know, Andrew, one of the things that I was told by a defensive coordinator in college one time, he said, hey, if you create turnovers in high school, you'll create turnovers in college. If you create turnovers in college, you'll create them in the NFL. And the Raiders haven't had those guys that they've selected over the years where they're just used to always creating turnovers. And Gonzalez and I think Witherspoon, to a certain degree, they both kind of fill that void. Yeah, I mean, it's one of these where it, I don't think either pick is really – I don't think they can go wrong with either pick. I think it depends on you – know, I think that the Witherspoon is a better fit with the Lions, so I think mm-hmm. that they might prefer him if they decide to go the cornerback route, which would obviously leave Christian Gonzalez as the top cornerback available to them when they pick. But, I mean, just any type of help in terms of, of their secondary. Obviously, have Max Crosby up there rushing the passer – but, I mean, they lost Anthony Everett, Rocky Ascent, Sidney Jones is gone. Like, all these guys are gone. I think that bringing back Brandon uh, Facian is a really smart move on a two-year deal. Obviously, has familiar with the system there. Signed Marcus Epps, which I also liked. But let's get a playmaker in that backfield, or in that secondary. No doubt. No doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Andrew Erickson here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Jalen Carter, you have him going number 10 overall to Philadelphia. How much of that is kind of the big brother aspect that, you know, Jordan Davis and, and others uh, from that Georgia team that, that he played on, uh, it, it, there be, them being there in Philadelphia, how much does that kind of play a factor in him going number 10 to the Eagles? Well, I think it matters a lot because the Jalen Carter story is not because of his talent. Like, we know that, I mean, before any kind of thing, any news leaked about his his legal situation, which has obviously been, you know, situated right now, um, but you're having character concerns or, you know, whatever about, you know, his attitude, you know, how is he as a locker room guy, how is he as a character guy. Now, I've never met him before, so I can't justify I'm just – kind of basically going off what I'm hearing mm-hmm. from sources around the league and what teams are saying about Jalen Carter. But if anyone has a good intel on Jalen Carter, it would be the Philadelphia Eagles who have not just one Georgia defensive player from last year, but two Georgia defensive players from one of their national championship teams in both the Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis. So you have guys that can testify for Jalen Carter and talk about, uh, hey, like this is a guy that we definitely want, and it's someone that can kind of keep him in a good place. I know I've seen Jalen Carter go to the Atlanta Falcons and a lot of different mocks as well. You know, at number eight, mm-hmm. and I just think that's not a good. I, I don't think it would be smart for a team to keep him in at, in that area, right? Where he, it's more likely where he's able to get into not necessarily trouble, but he has connections. His personal friends of non-football are easily, they can easily access him, access him. And not to bring it up to compare it to like an Aaron Hernandez situation, but you know, when Aaron Hernandez was drafted by the Patriots, it was one of the worst spots he could have gone because he was close to his home and where he grew up, where those troublemakers and where things could possibly go wrong kind of obviously played in a role. So I would want to see Jerry Carter probably go a little bit farther away from Georgia. And I think Philadelphia would obviously be a good spot. And, and they're a team because they have two first-round picks. Like they can take a little bit of a risk and kind of go for broke because they have another first-round pick. And it's just a classic case of the rich getting richer. The Eagles made the Super Bowl, and then they may end up getting the best player overall in the draft who fell because of off-the-field issues. Yeah, I can see that being a really good fit. I also threw in Seattle at number five as a, kind of for the same reasons that you just mentioned because I feel like that they're the kind of team that can bring in a guy like that with you know that kind of talent but also feel comfortable with, hey, we got the proper structure in place where we'll make sure he's right at all times. Yeah, I, I do think that's definitely a possibility. I know that in my mock, I had them going with Tyree Wilson, mm-hmm. who 
the defensive end from Texas Tech, who who hasn't just tested yet. Like, that's kind of the thing we're waiting with Wilson. Um, he got hurt at the end of this past season, but he's supposed to work out for teams in the middle of April, and I expect the guy to test off the charts. Uh, so I think that he's going to get a little bit more buzz as we approach uh, the end of April and, and the first round of the draft. But I will say with Jalen Carter and the Seattle Seahawks is they actually had a player that they drafted with a lot of baggage, I would say, Malik McDowell, I believe it was back in 2016 or 2017. Um, he was at the top of the second round. And he never played it down right. for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, he got injured in an ATV accident, mm-hmm. but he had a bunch of issues coming in. So I, I am a little less hesitant. I'm, I'm more hesitant to say that John Schneider and Pete Carroll are going to pull the trigger on a guy like Jalen Carter. When you think about how the, the, the massive step that they took after getting rid of Russell Wilson, you know, Russell Wilson, you don't look at it as a player that's problematic, but clearly he was causing issues in the locker room um, with the coach and with, I want to do this on offense. I want to do this. And then when they ended up getting moving on from him, they had a killer draft last year. They're in the driver's seat. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks are one of these dark horse teams in the NFC that look at the NFC, like the quarterbacks are not that great. It would not surprise me at all to see the Seahawks make a run and maybe not so sure that they're ready to go into a guy like Jalen Carter with the risk, but they do have two first round picks. So maybe they feel like they can take a risk because they had the luxury of multiple first-rounders. Again, Andrew Erickson from FantasyPros.com is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. Sticking with the defensive tackle position, how about Kalijah Kansi? You have him going number 18 overall to Detroit, and it sounds like Detroit has a really good first round if they get both Witherspoon and Kansi. But uh, what do you see him? Do you see him as the number two defensive tackle, and how deep do you think the defensive tackle you know, class is this, this upcoming draft? Yeah, Kalijah Kansi, I mean, the – the parallels you could draw between him and Aaron Donald are just, like, so simple. Like, they went to the same school. They're both, like, very undersized right. based on – but they're sober productive. And, you know, we look at Dan Campbell and how he's trying to assemble this roster. And Brad, I mean, Brad Holmes. Like, who drafted Aaron Donald? It was mm-hmm. Brad Holmes that yep. drafted him back with the Los Angeles Rams. So, like, it's just so easy. It just seems like the perfect fit for the Detroit Lions, who obviously have had struggles stopping the run. But – Kalijah Kansi is obviously offering another element of pass rush to the interior. I mean, you just look at how he, how productive he was last year. You know, basically he was the most productive defensive player in college football from a defensive tackle standpoint since Aaron Donald. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like, how could the Lions possibly pass up on the closest thing we've ever seen to Aaron Donald from the same guy that drafted Aaron Donald, you know, so many years ago? So I think Kansi is just a, a slam dunk pick for the Detroit Lions. I would love to see him. It's, it's kind of like what he said. I think it's going to happen, and I really want it to happen. So it's <laughs> one of these picks I really want to be right on when it comes to the mock draft. But when it comes to the defensive tackle class overall, I think it's, I think it's pretty strong um, because a lot of these guys are not necessarily coming in as, okay, this guy can just stop the run. It's like, no, like we know how important it is to have and be able to generate an interior pass rush, which is guys like uh, Kalaja Kansi. You have Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, who's getting a lot of buzz. I mean, Isaiah Foskey is a busy man because I look at his draft visit tracker. I mean, the guy, is, it seems like he's visited every single team because <laughs> there's a definite interest for him for a guy that has 23 sacks over the past two seasons. Now, sacks can be looked at, oh, it's just a number, but it's like, hey, if you're getting 23 sacks over the past two years, you're doing something right. right. So I think Foskey is another name to mention. Uh, Brian Brisset from Clemson. I think that he's got the potential to also go in the first round. And then Mozzie Smith from Michigan, just this massive mammoth of a man. Um, I think I've seen him in a couple first-round mocks as well. So, yeah, defensive tackle class is definitely strong, but a lot of value, I think, too, 
in round two. I like it. I like it a lot. Final question for you, Andrew. Uh, I haven't talked about quarterback Will Levis yet. You have him actually mocked number 23 overall to Minnesota. That's probably the lowest I've seen him mocked. What was the reason for his kind of the steam to run out of the train that uh, that is Will Levis right now? Yeah, it's just, I mean, if you ask a lot of different people about Will Levis, it's it's all over the place in terms of where he could go. He could be a top five pick. He could go outside round. I mean, there's a lot of different opinions on Will Levis, I've seen him ranked outside the top 15 quarterbacks in this class um, on some on some places. So it's a very varying opinions about him, and a lot of it goes down to like this past year versus the year when he was fully healthy in a a more NFL style offense. And really, realistically, a lot of time, like the NFL will look at what you've done most recently as kind of what they can really hang their hats on. So I think Levis is going to fall a little bit in this draft. I don't think he's going to fall out of the first round. And the reason I like the Vikings as kind of his landing spot, maybe as like the latest he could possibly go, and this is not including if the Vikings would maybe trade up if they find that Will Levis is falling during the draft, um, you're looking at the coach there, Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell comes from the Sean McVay offense. And when Will Levis had his best year at Kentucky, it was with Liam Cohn, who also worked with the Rams and Sean McVay and Kevin O'Connell in that offense. So if there's anyone that knows that, hey, Will Levis can deliver in our offensive scheme, it's Kevin O'Connell with the Minnesota Vikings. And we're already seeing rumors, uh, trade rumors about Kirk Cousins going to the 49ers now because that was always destiny to have. And Kyle Shannon's always been intrigued by Kirk Cousins and his uh, mediocrity, but he can deliver the ball where it needs to be. He's basically the perfect kind of quarterback for a Kyle Shanahan offense. So, especially with no more money guaranteed after this year for Kirk Cousins. It's not surprising me at all to see the Vikings take a quarterback at some point during this draft. I think Will Levis is a good fit for them. Andrew, fantastic stuff, man. Great nuggets. And I'll tell you what, if there's one guy who can connect dots, it's you. You do a really <laughs> good job. You must have been that kid that was in the doctor's office and you had that little book that was connect the dots, and you, you got that right every time. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, but your mock draft is fantastic that you put out the latest one. It's on fantasypros.com. Uh, mock draft 4.0 from Andrew Erickson. Thanks so much for your time, my man. I appreciate you. We'll be talking soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, it. No doubt about it. There he goes. Andrew Erickson, football analyst from Fantasy Pros. And I'll tell you what, Lindsey, I guarantee he connected the dots really well uh, as a child. I used to enjoy I used to enjoy doing the connected dots. That was one of the things I was good at. I wanted to see what was going to end up being like, connect one to two, you know, and every once in a while I'd mess it up. Those are the only times where I understood math class when you had to chart <laughs> the dots. And they're like, yeah, make this picture. And then eventually I'd see the pattern and I would just do the mirror image of it instead of actually finishing out the work. But you know what? It all worked out for us, didn't it? All it all worked out. We connected the dots, and we ended up here in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Many thanks to Andrew Erickson. Great stuff from him. Appreciate his time. Do you want the Raiders to trade up to number three with the Cardinals or stay right where they're at and let a really good player fall to them, which I do believe could happen? Let us know about it. 702-365-9200. And also the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Went a little long with Andrew Erickson from Football Analyst for Fantasy Pros. So uh, we'll get one quick call. We'll close out the hour. Then we'll have John McClain, GallerySports.com, Sports Radio 610. Join us as we kick off hour number two of the show at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to the Don. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's going on? Chill man. You? This is Dark Side. Oh, Dark Side. What's up, brother? Not much. Hey, so you already know where I'm, where I'm coming from. I want to move up. But let, you know what scared me, honestly? It, this draft is so deep when it comes to defense, right, mm-hmm. that I'm willing to take that risk due to the due to that fact that it's so deep. 
Because what scared me is that we end up, and I'm, 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 I'm with everybody else. We do need a defense. We definitely need a defense. We haven't had a defense in like decades, years. But, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, yep. so I understand that. But let's say we get that defense, and then we don't have a quarterback, and mm-hmm. we in, and we 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 in quarterback, you know, just just sitting out there in, in the middle of nowhere with no quarterback. Then we're gonna start having that argument between the nation and forest. Oh well, we don't have a quarterback, and but we have a top ten defense, or we have a top five defense, but we can't score any points. Well, you know, it, I see that argument happening, and then now we just wasted the top five defense, what top a top ten defense for for what? I think that if if because this draft is so deep with defense, we have this is the one time that we probably do have the opportunity to shoot for the stars and try to go for somebody who's ultra talented. And if he work out, he work out. That's good for us. And if he don't, we still got a shot at it coming up. Like how everybody talk about with Caleb Williams. We don't know if we're going to get Caleb or not. Anybody that's in position to get Caleb is not going to leave that position to, <laughs> right. for you to get, you know, get Caleb. Yep. So, so in, the, in saying that, we still got the opportunity if we shoot for the stars and try to go get this quarterback, if we go and get AR. If we shoot for the stars and try to go get AR, we still got opportunity to build a defense. But if we go and just say we're going to build a defense and hope that we can get a good quarterback in the future, that might not never happen. This is our opportunity to try to get it now. I like it. I like it. Great call, my man. Great call. Definitely appreciate you. And I'll tell you, I'm right there on the fence, man. I, I got, I'm narrowing it down to who I think the Raiders should pick at number seven or with their first overall pick. I got Tyree Wilson as one of the guys, Christian Gonzalez or Devin Weatherspoon, one of the two. Uh, I, I, know, I don't feel like both of those guys will be there at number seven, but one will. So I got Tyree Wilson, one of the cornerbacks, and AR-15 is like that, that, that player on my shoulder that's just yelling in my ear, draft me, Q, draft me, Q, draft me, Q. And I'm so tempted to listen, but I feel like I need to run the other way because everyone says defense, defense, defense. And I've been preaching defense, defense, defense. But, Lindsay, sometimes, sometimes it's hard to pass. <laughs> sometimes you see the shiny Camaro behind the glass and you're like, damn, I look damn good driving right. that around here. That's right. Just think of the things we could accomplish here. That's right. But, you know, I, I, I think cooler heads will prevail. <laughs> and I and I believe in your direction. And so even though you're getting a little side. I'm by the shiny object. I am. We're gonna we're gonna keep the blinders on and do what's good for us. I went to Finley Cadillac just to get an oil change, and it looks like I'm about to trade it on in. Right? It looks like I'm about to try to get an upgrade, and the wife is gonna be angry at me. That's what it looks like. But uh, all I went there for was the oil change. But that 2024 show do look good. <laughs> <laughs> 258 the time. When we come back, John McClain will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.